so at Finos, the FinTech Open Source Foundation, our, our aim is to accelerate the use and contribution of open source in financial services. And, you know, we see an increasing number of financial services companies looking to do more with open source, and, you know, and we're, we're encouraged by that. And this does come in a variety of forms, better consumption management, developing and rolling out better open source policies and practices, uh, contributing to existing open source projects, and even open sourcing um, you know, your own proprietary code. We are also seeing a shift in the traditional relationship with vendors, uh, between vendors and financial services institutions, including them working more with vendors who make large parts of their software um, open source or who support specific open source projects. And, you know, we think this is a great move for the industry. Uh, you know, we think it's another viable option, and we're very happy to be talking about it on the podcast today. Uh, so I'm Tasha Ellison, the COO at Finos, and as I mentioned today, we're pleased to be joined by Petio Ivanov, the Glue 42 project manager. Product manager, Petio, welcome. Thanks for having me, Natasha. Welcome. Thank you. Um, and Petio is going to talk Tasha. to us today. <laughs> no, no worries. I, I'm happy to be called many things. Um, Petio is going to talk to us today about uh, how Glue42 is transitioning from a traditional enterprise software vendor to one that has recently distributed its latest product version as an open source offering. Um, we'll talk about some of the, the challenges and the benefits. Um, so let's get started. Uh, Petio, can we begin with you telling us a little bit about yourself? Sure, that would be a very appropriate introduction, by the way. Uh, so I come from an engineering background. Uh, I don't at least 20 years in uh, doing software. And uh, my previous companies and in, in previous lives, I was participating in several open source initiatives. Uh, some of them were quite successful. We learned a lot there. Some of them were not so successful and we learned a lot more in there. So yeah, in my spare time, I do run a hobby open source project and uh, I did manage to bring this to the attention of uh, the Glue 42 senior management, and they were really excited for us to try something new. So that's that's the background. Thank you. So you do seem like a perfect candidate to be leading this. Um, and just just to provide our audience with a little bit of context, can you briefly tell us what Glue 42 does and what Glue 42 Core is? Sure. Uh, so that that's an important bit here. So Glue 42 is an application integration platform, essentially enterprises uh, which have various applications for their internal use, some of them built in-house, some of them purchased from third-party vendors. Uh, they need to integrate those in, in a single coherent workflow for their users. Otherwise, uh, I'm stealing this from somebody, but people have to do manual interop between applications, copy-pasting, which is very error-prone. And Glue42 helps with, uh, with these things. So you can have uh, multiple applications presented as a single one, acting as one. So it's not just visual, but logical integration. And Glue42 core is, uh, by any means, um, a web-based version of what Glue42 is. It's targeting uh, progressive web applications in general. Uh, but it also works in the browser. So what you can do with uh, Glue 42, a significant subset of those features, you can do the same with Glue 42 Core. So um, you, you can consider this uh, um, a, a stripped down, but still fully functional version of our commercial product. And uh, the, the limitations are there, not because we decided them to be there, but because of the choice of the environment. We want to run the whole thing in the browser. 
Uh, and uh, the other major difference and the reason why we are here is GoForm2Core is uh, purely open source, MIT licensed, ready for everybody to use on their own terms uh, in production without uh, any strings attached in there. So, yeah. That's fantastic. Thank you. Um, so, some would say that it's a pretty bold move for a commercial company to embrace an open source strategy in such a way. Um, you know, and really put uh, core components of, of software into the community available um, to be used freely. Uh, what can you talk to us a little bit about uh, how you and the company decided to take this route and make this decision? Well, uh, there is there is a lot to discuss here, and uh, the important bit is that uh, the nature of our platform, the nature of our product, suggests that there is uh, it's not just a single thing which you take and use it on your, on their own. It's uh, it's a matter of various applications, some of them being developed in-house, some of them coming from outside vendors, they should support the platform uh, in order for it to be successful and uh, consumed by, by our customers and prospects. For this to happen, uh, those people should be really uh, easy to, to onboard themselves on top of the platform, on its concepts, and so on and so on. So having an open source version of our product makes perfect sense because people can actually decide on their own terms if they want to use it, to give it a try, to uh, test how their products work, work alongside other projects. So uh, to, to sum it up, the important bit here is the nature of our product and how it fits the idea of it being an open source one. So uh, that's, that's probably the most important uh, aspect of it. Uh, the other part is that we, we really believe that um, going open source will actually create more value for us down the road with, uh, uh, and yes, yeah, some people say that, you know, going open source means that you won't be able to capture that value. Well, we don't think that this is true because uh, we have a set of commercial services uh, and uh, premium offerings based on top of this open source project, which if people, see how good the platform is if they make the decision. Ultimately, some of them will decide to, to go along with the set of premium features. It's a, it's a matter of building trust and relationship with, uh, with various other companies. So that's, that's the decision we made. That's great and, um, and very exciting. And so you, you've, you've answered the, my, my next question. I do want to just make it you know, kind of explicit because one of the concerns that's raised is that you can't you know, be commercially viable. And, um, you know, I, I think what you're alluding to is that there's a potential through that trust and that openness to have a very commercially viable uh, company with an open source offering and potentially even more successful than, um, you know, for certain companies and particularly in the space of interoperability, um, that ones that don't have that offering. Would, would, you, would you say that's right? Absolutely. And uh, if you look outside of the financial services and coming back to the uh, to a background which I have, uh, there are many companies which are running successful and extremely popular businesses on top of open source products uh, that, that they have. And some of them are even uh, open sourcing their commercial offerings and there are certain licenses which says the source is out there, everybody can check it, everybody can see it uh, in order to use it in production. You have to uh, pay us money. And in this case, it's it's still developed in the open. You can still accept contributions under certain terms. And that's that's all good. And again, 
we should look outside of our industry right now to see those great examples of how things work. Uh, consider them how they can be applied to our reality and ultimately how we can uh, facilitate uh, the open source nature of being uh, an excellent communication medium because that's what it is in my in my book essentially yeah absolutely um so looking at or looking at another angle of this i know it's early days but have you uh, have you and the glue 40 glue 42 team had to have adapt the way you work uh, very much to, to a more open source style? And is this a transformation that is, you know, it's happening or is, or was it pretty much business as usual? No, it's, uh, it's not business as usual, uh, I'm afraid. We did have to change certain things uh, and we are also changing certain things as we speak because all of a sudden uh, the developers should uh, be mindful about the code which they are publishing, the way they are releasing new features. The communication should also be properly executed within the open source environment. So to avoid that, uh, the fact that, you know, sometimes when closed source companies go open source, they just dump the source code, but they still keep their internal closed source project management systems and they still do internal closed meetings. Uh, offline where decisions are made and so on, which makes a very unwelcoming environment for people who would like to understand where the project is going. So uh, we we are mindful of that and we are actually hope, working towards, you know, becoming better at uh, communicating out in the open, uh, sharing roadmaps, sharing concerns, having discussions available for all participants out there. Um, it's, it's a journey, but uh, I think that we will get better a few months down the road. At least I hope so. So yeah. Yeah, I, I can imagine it's a shift, but but seems like a welcome one that uh, is better is is great for both the product uh, and the community. And certainly something that we work on within the foundation um, as well, trying to promote that. Um, and and again, it's, I know it's early days, but have you had um, how have your clients or the market reacted so far? Um, actually, the, the response is really good and we have uh, some of our existing clients are really interested in uh, the product in general, its capabilities and uh, th there is a lot of positive response uh, and prospects are interested in, in trying it out as well. And the fact that uh, the licensing of the product is extremely clear, uh, available for everybody to figure out and I'm sure that m most of them have already standard policies around adopting an MIT project within their organization really brings down barriers down the road uh, in, in, in the potential adoption there. So yeah, the response is, is very positive. And again, I hope that throughout uh, events like this one, we will have more people interested in that. So yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so switching topics slightly, uh, just a, a couple more questions. Um, can you talk a little bit about how Glue 42 interacts with the Finos Open Standard FDC3. Right, uh, that's that's a really high priority on our side uh, because uh, the two products are, in my head at least, perfect complements to each other. So Glue 42 core uh, and Glue 42 in general, both the commercial and the open source products, are hosts 
Finos uh, for the for the FDC three project. So we are enabling interop communication between different platforms. Uh, Glue forty two core implementation is not ready yet, but it's in our roadmap, and we're actually working on it as we speak. Uh, we have developers assigned on that, so I hope that this will be ready soon. And by soon, I mean uh, probably no more than a month or so. But don't. Uh, you know, don't don't count me on this because I'm not <laughs> the developer behind it. So, but yeah, it's it's super important, and we also hope that uh, the presence of Glue 42 Core as an MIT licensed implementation of FDC3 will also have a very positive impact on FDC3, uh, and we we want Glue 42 Core to be the easiest way for people to actually uh, try FDC3 out with their web applications. So yeah. Lots of synergy. Great. Um, and one last question for you. you. You clearly see a future for open source and financial services, as as do we. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here. Um, so where where do you think this can lead? Uh, you know, I, is this the start of more movement in the industry? Are there specific use cases that you think will be realized across the industry? Um, you know, kind of any final thoughts on, on uh, future directions? Well, I hope that this will remove a whole lot of duplication. So there, there is a lot of duplication, people reinventing the wheel all the time and all the time. And um, they're competing, like uh, our CEO used to say, we are competing on boring stuff. I mean, we, sh we should really have those foundations uh, figured out. Uh, we should agree on uh, this is the, the foundation. This is the standard which we are going to support. So let's move over to the more interesting bits here, because otherwise everybody's just stuck doing the same thing over and over and repeating the same mistakes over and over again. And again, bringing uh, examples back from, from the Linux Foundation, where a bunch of Linux distributions share the same kernel. And they're both beneficial. They're not rediscovering the wheel. So uh, that, for me, this is the essence. I want this to be a good example, and uh, actually, we should stop doing that. We should stop rediscovering the wheel and uh, move over to uh, more advanced stuff. And this will be beneficial for everybody. Yeah, I, I I couldn't agree more. In fact, those words come out of my mouth on a regular basis, and um, I, you know, I hope for the the same thing. Uh, so that that's those are the questions that I have today. Um, Again, Petio, thank you so much for joining us both for the podcast and for the webinar. And we do look forward to having you back um, when, you know, it's a bit further down the road and you can fill us in on the experience and progress to date. Thank you very much for having me. Have a good day. Thanks. You too.